you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I made the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Coming up, me, Lav, and Will break down all the news from Monday's historic joint statement from Goss ruling bodies and take a look at what a post-coronavirus schedule might look like. Welcome to the Goss Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance. So TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving where every golfer needs it in the downswing. The pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to help make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. Boys, we got a lot to unpack here, so I'm going to start from the top. Willie, I haven't seen you in a while, so I'm going to start with you. Uh, let's go straight to the RNA and the historic decision for the first time since 1945, a major championship has been canceled. What do you make of that? I definitely feel like we're in first time since 1945 territory. Uh, it was a decision that, you know, it was somewhat expected given all the logistical concerns that, that go into playing an event with, with the global scale of an open. Uh, it's interesting to see that they're, they're going to push uh, Royal St. George's to next year and then, and then have St. Andrews in 2022 for the 150th open. We'll see where the schedule goes from there. But uh, you know, it's, it's a sign of the times we've been, you know, culminating up to this point with various, events canceled or postponed and, and we're kind of at a point where we haven't seen things start to, to progress on, on a global scale and so it's not entirely surprising that uh, the open is is the one that gets canceled as opposed to other majors that we've heard uh certainly today have been have been postponed and not rescheduled laugh uh, your thoughts i mean the open championship that's always such a big part of the calendar and for them just to wipe it clean and start for us next year your thoughts yeah, it seemed like the just the the obvious solution to this, and, and clearly the USGA was was waiting to see what the RNA was going to do before they they moved um, the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, which is you know just outside New York City and one of the potential hotspots right now. Before they ended up moving that to the fall, but just with respect to the the Open Championship, as as Will said, with when you consider all the international travel, all the qualifying that's going to need to happen over these next couple of months, um, there is no way they could continue to have it and. You know, Golf Digest had that interesting nugget in its reporting about the insurance policy if you know, they could collect that premium if if they'd canceled it by a by a chosen date. And so that's the route they went. And you know, you know, to be to be honest, the RNA can still protect St Andrews as its 150th Open uh, in 2022, which is clearly important to them. All right. More importantly, in your little game of uh, Russian roulette that you've been playing with the golf calendar and trying to land on the right date for to pick the right master's date so you can get the right hotel. Did you have 
the right date. That second week of November. I had it based on like three days ago when I went in there and booked a room for $89. And I'm, I'm current, I'm currently awaiting the, the email from Marriott to, to try and boot me out of that one as well. But Rex, I am, I am locked in. I'm ready to go. It's like an $800 hotel reservation. I can't wait for it not to come to fruition. And uh, that's November 9th through 15th. Uh, Willie, this is again, uh, everything about today is historic, but when you think that the Masters has only not been played in April once, and that was the first edition way back in the 30s, for this for us to settle in on the idea that November Masters is a reality. Yeah, I'm still just reeling about the, the amount of time that Ladner spent during quarantine spinning his <laughs> wheels with our do. friends in the hotel industry. I, I admire his dedication. Knowing He's not shaving or combing his hair, according to what I'm seeing here on my screen. So apparently they have no razors or comb <laughs> at the Lavner house. That's, that's understandable. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's This is certainly, we're getting into unprecedented times. Even when you go back to the Open, the, all but one of the previous times the Open has been canceled, it's been because of World War One or World War Two. That's kind of the stage that we're at. And so certainly- and This feels like World War Three. It, we're, yeah, we're pretty close. And and so when you look at the Masters, and, and certainly a November Masters is better than no Masters at all. And there's a lot of pieces that we still have to sort through in terms of who qualifies. And then you have the notion of having two Masters within five or six months on the back end there, which is, again, a good problem to have. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of adjustments that will need to take place and, and stuff that we're, we're all in a standstill right now. And then once we get back, it's going to be quite the sprint. If azaleas can bloom in November anywhere, it's going to be Augusta, right? I mean, if, if it's sure going to happen anywhere, they're going to figure out a way. And then, Lav, you touched on this. I mean, the other part, all kinds of pieces falling into place. But the U.S. Open, they're sticking with Wingfoot as their venue. They have moved to the week of September 14 through 20. I, I think we all expected a movement because of what's going on right now. New York seems to be the epicenter of the pandemic. The idea that they could somehow stay at Wingfoot and still play the championship there that's getting more and more unlikely, is it not? Yeah, it's that one seems to be. I guess you could throw the TPC Harding Park PGA in the same category as well, with with the governor of California saying that he doesn't anticipate the NFL season starting on time in September with fans in the stands. Would a month earlier they be able to have fans uh, at a PGA Championship? That one seems a little dodgy as well. But but you know, let's let's say let's say everything passes and it's and it's okay and there's you know there's rampant you know, universal testing and coronavirus hasn't reared its head once again in the fall, you would have the potential for, for an incredible fortnight of golf in late September with the U S open mm -hmm. at Wingfoot, immediately followed by the Ryder cup a week later at whistling Straits. That'd be an incredible two weeks of golf. Uh, that one just, just because of where Wingfoot's located, just because of what's going on now, the, the absolute hell that New York city is facing. Um, the USJ, I'm, I'm sure, will consider alternative venues for that one, but at least they have a time slot that, you know, if everything passes, at, at least now there's there's time for them to play it in what would seem to be uh, a, a pretty good slot. Yeah, really, I don't want to give away. That I, I'm sorry, sorry, Rex. I was going to say that I, I agree with you, but I think that we all are taking this with, with a grain of salt, that you can get a lot of hope out of seeing some rescheduled dates and some postponements, get some clarity. But I think we all agree that, this is uh, tentative at best in terms of some of these pieces that are that are coming into into place here, and and perhaps they're hopeful that they're going to get these events rescheduled. You mentioned the PGA and certainly the U.S. Open have maybe more questions surrounding them than the Masters does in November. But uh, it's it's good to have some concrete details, even though we know they might not exactly be fully made up.
No, and that's and that's exactly right. That's what I'm I'm writing today for for GolfChannel.com. You could you could very easily poke a hole in every single argument that that they're trying to do with the the joint bodies arguments. Let's say the PGA Tour is playing to return in let's call it two months from now, right? Let's say the second second week of June, something along those lines. To do so, even if they don't have fans, which seems very likely that that would be the case that they would try to return without fans you would still have 1,000 to 2,000 support personnel on site at those tournaments. You would still have players flying in from all over the world to play in those tournaments. You would need to have universal screening at every checkpoint, whether that's airports, whether that's hotels, whether that's locker rooms, tournament entrances, whatever. You would have to have that in place in order to have a PJ Tour event from now. To, to think that there'd be business as usual in 60 days seems incredibly optimistic to me and then when you go down the line with the other major championships the pga where i just outlined what the california governor said the u.s open right now we see what's happening in new york city Ryder cup they're anticipating at least fifty thousand spectators a day at whistling straits i guarantee you're not they're not going to be socially distancing and then you have the masters in mid-november oh yeah you have the the world's leading health experts anticipating that the coronavirus is going to pop up again in November, and we need to be prepared for that likelihood. And so you had, you had, you're exactly right, Will. This, this gives us reasons for optimism. It gives us some hope in this really dark time. Uh, but, but to say this is all subject to change uh, is, is putting it lightly. I mean, the logistics are just mind-boggling. I mean, everything you just pointed out when you start thinking about, even if we're going to play. So as it stands right now, the Charles Schwab Challenge, Colonial is still the line where they're drawing it. That's where the tourists seem to think they're going to come back on May 21st. Again, that seems wildly optimistic. It does give us something to look forward to. And I think someone very famous once said that optimism is free. It doesn't cost you anything. So we can all sit around and hope for the best. But you have brought up and Will has brought up the trouble with holding the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. I don't know if it's any easier anywhere else you could come up. I mean, the alternative has been that I've heard is either Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines. I don't know that California is even going to allow that. Yeah, but I also think that if you bring in other options than that, you have less flexibility in terms of dates with a Wingfoot uh, U.S. Open with a tournament in New York than you might trying to move it over to California. That that would give you pretty much all the fourth quarter of, of the year to potentially reschedule your rescheduling. So uh, it, at least in that frame of mind, you would have a little bit more flexibility depending on how things go. And I agree with Lab. the next 30, 60 days, look at the last 60 days and see how quickly things have changed. Who knows what it's going to look like a month or two from now. Needs to well, have it, testing. It all, it all comes down to testing. It's testing, testing, testing. If you can't have testing, you cannot have sporting events. It's that simple. Wow. Someone's been listening to a lot of podcasts during the downtime. All right. It's testing, testing, testing. I think the one thing that I kind of took away from all of this is the idea that if we are going to move forward at all, and, and look, I know this was just a coincidence that all 12 major sports leagues had a conference call with President Trump on Saturday, but he stated, I'm sure what all of them are thinking, that you want to get back, back to playing, back to something normal sooner rather than later. I, I think going through all the statements and all of Goss ruling bodies made statements today. The one that stood out to me was that from Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta National, who pointed out that he was very, very clear. This is wildly tentative right now and that they're going to follow the advice of the CBC and all of the officials involved. So right now, I think what we're getting a glimpse at how things are being made on the inside. This is the secret sauce. Every organization now is scrambling for a date, scrambling for an idea, scrambling for a concept that one day we're gonna play golf again. And this is what it looks like on paper when they have to announce something. 
and Look, Rex, you remember when you think about when you talk about you know Fred Ridley's comments being you know optimistic and he talking about how how tentative things might be the Masters is the one of all these majors that we're rescheduling that has the most lead time they're they're now scheduled for the latest they have the most self-contained environment they have the largest percentage of their field already baked out so many variables uh, you know in this whole situation are either not pertaining to or are limited for the Masters and yet you have that that skepticism might be a strong word but but Fred Ridley opening the door to say, listen, we're not really sure how this is going to go. This is what we hope how it will play out. And I think that that definitely speaks volumes. I think, now, I think we all just need to be in the, the wait and see mode. And that's what all these leaders of organizations are. I think they just want to, these, all these tournament dates are in pencil right now. They're not carved in stone. You got to see how the next 30, 60 days go. You have to have some PJ tour events likely played ahead of time. It'd be, be crazy to think that you could just go straight into a PJ championship and, you know, kind of re rewrite history that way. But um, yeah, we're just kind of golf's on the back burner for the time being, just like every other major sport is just like everyday life is. And so uh, I would agree. The, the Masters seems the most likely to be played. And even that you have to think of as, as very, very tentative. Well, I thought, and again, this is sort of just looking at how the sausage is made behind the doors. The fact that the PGA tour pretty much stepped aside the PGA of America and the PGA championship that they adjusted their dates for the Wyndham championship and the three playoff events exclusively because of what they needed to do with the PGA championship at Harding park and trying to work it into the schedule. It seems to me that behind closed doors, there is going to be a lot more of this over the next few weeks because what we're going to end up with, if we're being realistic is a smaller and smaller window to hold these events that we all want to hold. But as we get further and further down the line, it's going to become more compressed. I mean, it's basically a four month window. I mean, that's sure. If, right now, that's the best case scenario. I mean, and if it if it does happen, look, I, th I think we're all deservedly pessimistic of whether it's going to happen. If it does happen, this window, I actually love it. Like, I, I love where everything is potentially slotted. I love where the PGA Tour events would fall. I love where the PGA is, where it's back in its August date. You know, the weather is going to be fine in San Francisco at that time of year. I love the FedEx Cup playoffs then kind of culminating with that Labor Day finish just like it used to. I love that back-to-back -back with the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup. I love the fact that you can still have fall PGA Tour events in October and early November leading into the Masters. You know, if if we could somehow get through this, what they have planned, I, I think it's hard to find fault with. It's just a matter of whether they'll actually be able to execute it. Well, if you look at, and Willie, I want to get your thoughts on this. If you look at the way the tentative schedule looks right now on PGATour.com, I just went and looked. So the PGA Championship, first week of August, then you go straight to Wyndham, the three playoff events ending on Labor Day, September 7th. And then you go straight to the U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, and Masters. That is a dream scenario. Yeah, for sure. And then you talk about potentially, you know, wedging other events into the fall, and it remains to be seen, you know, whether the tour will be able to do a wraparound schedule even close to how they, they like to have it running, you know, October to September or, or September to August. And again, now we've got three potential weeks in the summer. It remains to be seen if they'll be, if they'll be usable for, for potential events, but you've got the U S open where the open was going to be and where the, the men's Olympic competition was going to be. So those are three potential dates. When you look back at the six, eight, 10 events that have already been postponed that you could potentially see those events move into those slots. And so, as you said, it's going to be a lot of jockeying for position. It's going to be, a lot of questions about who goes where and a big game of musical chairs, but it all, as Lab was alluding to, it's all going to be dependent upon getting a safe environment and being able to return to competition, at least in some form.
No, Lav said testing, 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 testing. testing. Think about Bring how many tests it. will go just to Bryson's squad. I mean, that's a lot of tests. <laughs> to go along with the four or five uh, swing monitors. I got it. Yeah, that'd be absolutely beautiful. Uh, Willie, you are a gambling man. You have been known to place a bet from time to time. If you go through all of these moving parts, which one stands out to you to be the most realistic right now? I think you've already answered this, but I want to hear it. Yeah, I, I think the Masters. If you give me one, I, I'm most confident in the Masters uh, occurring as it is now uh, anticipated or, or scheduled for, for mid-November. And I will I will buck the trend that Lavender put out. I'm more pessimistic about the PGA in August than I'm concerned about the U.S. Open in September, even at Wingfoot. I agree there are issues with both, but I think that, that the PGA in August seems, uh, let's say, ambitious. But if you give me one... I feel good about eating a peach ice cream sandwich in the middle of November, hearing hearing labs sweat about Georgia being six and two and and the wheels are falling off. They're going to be playing Tennessee that weekend. There will be absolutely zero concerns. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, this is even better. This is gorgeous. Who does Florida play that way? Wait, Willie, who who has Missouri? Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida's got Mizzou. We could have some issues, but hopefully by then we're, we're, we're right where we need to be under the radar and uh, not contending for anything important. It did not go without notice this morning as I was reading through this that, look, the, the PGA Tour has moved heaven and earth to avoid going head-to-head with football. And now it's going to go head-to-head with everything. Football, well, baseball, just, basketball, just, you name it. Yeah, but but would you rather have that sort of conflict or have no golf at all? I mean, those are the two choices that we're basically oh. with. And I think that the answer is very clear. You'd rather, have, you'd rather have a tournament with no fans than no tournament at all. You'd rather have tournaments against football than no tournaments at all. Something is better than nothing. and That's what hopefully we're going to get. All right, CBS, give me your CBS juggling college football Saturdays, NFL Sundays, and the Masters. Good that's problem a, to have. That's a tough it one. It is. No, it's it's a good problem to have. All right, Lav, I'll, I'll kind of hit you with the same question. In your dream scenario, which one of these things you do you want to play out the way it's currently scheduled? Oh, the dream scenario, of, of course, it's going to be the Masters in mid-November. I mean, playing the Masters amid the fall foliage, it'll be absolutely spectacular. I think this is probably a podcast for another day, how differently the course will, will play that time of year, but it's, it's 70 degrees. It's, it almost never rains in November. Um, It would be absolutely epic. The only, the only downside is that that poor sap who wins the masters is only going to gloat, be able to gloat for about five months and only get to keep the green jacket for five months before the next one. Yeah. And he's got the green jacket forever. So I feel terrible for him. You're right. That's a, that's an awful scenario. If, if the alternative is not playing the masters, I'm sure that poor sap is going to be more than willing to go down that road. Now I'm going to flip it and go the other way here, Will. So we went and we looked at which one of these things is most realistic, which one of them is least realistic. Yeah. As I, said, I think it's the PGA. I, I have great concern based on more what so than the open more so yeah, than the U S yeah, open. I mean, really, just, wow. just because I think they're both, yeah. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California was so upfront over the weekend as saying, I really don't foresee us having NFL games with stadiums full of fans in September. And so I wonder, I mean, maybe best case you could be having a PGA without fans, or I don't know how you socially distance in grandstands. I don't even know if any of that's possible. There are a lot of logistical issues that, that would go with that. And I think that this is also one of those things where, you know, the, the tours and the governing bodies can put their schedules together to their heart's content. But if, if the powers that be in terms of state and local legislature say we're not having events of more than 10 people or 100 people or whatever, then you're, you're stuck where you are. And I think that that might come to pass in California. Laugh? Least realistic? Yeah, I, w- I would agree the PJ and the U.S. Open are, are very much in the same boat. And, I, and these, these officials are also going to weigh, obviously Will makes a good point about what the, the local and state governments say, but also the fact that is it better to hold a major championship without fans or is it better to just 
cancel it altogether and kind of absorb that loss. That's that seems to me a a debate they're going to have to to settle here in the next couple of months. I think holding anything without fans is the best option. If, if the alternative is cancellation, not holding the event, I think without fans is going to be the option. We're going to see that. I truly believe in every other sport. I mean, whatever sport comes back for, first, it's probably going to be the NBA. They're going to play games in arenas that are empty. I think, think that's an easy answer to give. I mean, I think it's an easy answer to give if you're the governing body or if you're a fan. If you're a governing body, it might not be as easy. I agree with Lab. I think that's a tough choice. Absolutely a tough choice. And now what I wanted to get to is the Ryder Cup, which we have not touched on and has not been impacted yet by the schedule. 12 How captain's really- picks, Rex. 12 captain's picks. It's the only yeah. answer. Testing, testing, testing. I understand. So w- what you end up with is a very limited qualifying system. So we all know what Lab's 12 captain's picks Willie, is it realistic to hold the Ryder Cup if we're only going to have, let's say, two, three months of case study for guys to Tops. play and qualify? Yeah, I mean, I think that I agree with with what Lav put forth last week. I think if you're going to have it at this point, you need to have 12 captain's picks. You need to throw the qualification out the window because the points that guys were accruing, they had no way to know that those were the last points they were going to get. Uh, I think there would be great intrigue over whether or not Steve Stricker's list of 12 would include one Patrick Reed. Uh, you, you can go down the list and try and figure out how how each team would would come together. But I do think that, uh, as Lav pointed out, if you're going to do it, just do 12 captain's picks. It's already going to be a unique event. It's a unique year, a unique Ryder Cup. You might as well just do it and, and play it that way. And we're going straight to, to the heart of this. It's an ex- exhibition. Let, let's be honest. And so, no, I do not have a problem. It's, it's by far the greatest exhibition in all of sports, but it is an exhibition. So I don't necessarily... I would say it's more compelling to have a, a 12 versus 12 captain's pick than, My... than we have it. My only argument against that, and we had this conversation last week on the podcast, is that you probably could not find two more divergent personalities. That yeah. Patrick Harrington probably loves the idea. He, he has gone on social media and said he loves the idea. You couldn't find a worse option in Steve Stricker. He would rather just take the top 12 guys off a points list and take the emotions and, and sort of the politics out of it. So it's not a perfect case scenario with those two captains. But you already have, have to option, think that, that the Patrick Harrington and Steve Stricker already know who they want to have on that team and so let's let's say they have 10 guys who they absolutely know they want to have on that roster then you can save in your in your mind one or two guys for the quote-unquote hot hand that you see every year or a a billy horsel who goes absolutely insane in the playoffs and you want to make sure that he's on the team that that to me seems obvious i guarantee you right now steve stricker would tell you who he wants to have on that team I did not mean to open this can of dirt. All right, uh, let's just go with testing, 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 and end it right there. And let's and also and twelve captains picks. And let's remember that we, the, the three of us, will be the threesome will be back on the golf course, or at least this podcast version of the golf course later this week to talk about the Masters. This was supposed to be Masters week. We just had some news today, but that'll do it for today's edition. Uh, but to be sure, while we have to wait to see who wins the green jacket this year, Golf Channel is celebrating the Masters all week long with a full lineup, a special program showcasing the most historic wins and compelling stories from Augusta National Golf Club. Relive your favorite Masters moments all week long on Golf Channel. And check us out later this week on the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade. See you soon. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. 
because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.